Hello, I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of Self Made. My next guest is an actor who went from the projects to creating projects. Please help me welcome Otis Winston. Otis, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, look, I know you have an interesting uh, story, an interesting journey, so I want to just jump right into it. So take me back to your childhood. I know you grew up in the projects. Uh, just give my viewers and myself a, a glimpse of what it was like for you as a kid. Well, it was, it was rough, you know. I couldn't talk until I was 11. Yeah, I stuttered real, really, really bad. They told me I would never be able to properly talk. So I spent a lot of time in my in my closet watching TV and escaping and fantasizing and imagining. Um, and, you know, but it was fun, but it was also rough. You know, yeah. it was a, we grew up, I was born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio, grew up in Westlake Projects. And, you know, it was the time where if you, wherever you showed all that is where you got, got beat at, you know, yeah. everybody's mama can beat you. <laughs> right on the spot. You know, so, but, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so it was, it was a, a, a different time for me. You know, it was a time where I was doing a lot of self um, evaluating, you know, I, I didn't know who I was. I was doing a lot of self-discovery. I was told I couldn't do this, told I couldn't do that. So it took a lot of self self-love and and, and and my mom taught me that at a young age i had to learn how to love me even with the stutter yeah and when i learned how to love me with the stutter that's when the stutter at the age 11 went away so for my viewers who may not understand uh where or what westlake uh project is can you kind of give us some history on that Westlake Projects is in the middle, the heart of Youngstown, Ohio. You know, um, it's the part, it was basically to me, the heart of Youngstown. That's where the toughest of the toughest people came from. You know, um, it was a big community. We would all go to Chase Pool or Evansfield. Um, everybody was being raised by everybody. It was a bunch of single mothers at the time, and they band together to make sure that the kids would not get sucked up by the streets. And thank God that they did, because I was I'm I'm here today to talk to you about it. Right. So, what what was your biggest challenge growing up in that environment? Um, making sure the streets didn't didn't get me. You know. Um, my dad got arrested when I was 11. My dad was in the streets. My uncles were, I mean, my cousins were in the streets. Um, we had other adults that we knew was always in the streets. The way to get out of um, Westlake projects was either through the streets or sports. Um, I chose sports, you know, basketball and track was my saving grace. And it got me to a place where I realized there was a different lifestyle. So my mom um, really instilled in me to never be a product of my environment, but to make my environment a product of me. Yeah. And that's what I've learned how to do. Um, what was, uh, you know, high school? Uh, what was that like? I, you know, obviously you were you were an athlete, but just talk to me about that experience. See, high school was different for me. My mom moved us. My dad got arrested. Um, my mom moved us from Youngstown to a small town called Toronto, Ohio. And I went from an all predominantly black school to an all white school. So now I went from being like just one of the boys to standing out like a sore green thumb. Yeah. And that's where life got challenging for me, you know, because I, I was angry. One, I, I still stuttered when I moved to Toronto. Um, two, my dad got arrested. He was in jail. And three, 
I didn't fit in. I didn't think I fit in because no one looked like me. No one talked like me. No one had my struggles in my mind. Um, so I got in a lot of fights, got got um, in a lot of trouble. And one day, uh, a principal by the name of Mr. Wilson, he called my mom in and sat her down, was like, look, Otis, get in trouble one more time. It could be it for him. And my mom didn't know what to do. And he looked at my mom and said, I want Otis to come to my office after school every day. And he was probably one of the first men who saw me and said, I see you and I want to help you. And that really changed me. And I saw the hurt on my mom's face. And the last thing I wanted to do was be a burden to my mother. So being the youngest of four boys, I had to make a decision. Do I embarrass her or do I uplift her? And I chose to make sure my life always uplifted the woman who put so much in me. So uh, you so you started until you were age 11. At yep. what point did you decide that you were interested in acting or theater? That didn't come until after college. Like I had no idea. What's crazy is now I look back. It's almost like. I've always been interested in it. Like I said, I was always like fantasizing. I would watch TV to daydream. I would yeah. watch TV to escape the projects. I would watch TV to escape where I was at. Had no idea that um, 20, 20 plus years down the road, I would be the one that kids who look like me are probably watching TV saying, I want to be like that. Right. I had no idea that that was going to happen. You know, I was too busy focused on sports. I was told I wasn't good in sports. And until I, so I had to prove everybody wrong. I had to prove to myself that I was. I didn't set out to prove people wrong. That's what I always tell kids when I go to speak. Stop trying to prove people wrong. Just prove to yourself that you are enough. That's it. Yeah. So me learning how to prove to myself that I was enough led to sports. Sports led to um, coaching. Coaching led to speaking. Then speaking led to this thing that I call acting, which is my life, which is my passion, which is, I believe, is my purpose. So how did you get your start in acting? What was your first uh, role? What's funny is my very first taste of acting, um, I, I came to, I flew out to LA. I had just went through a divorce. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday, March 2nd. I lost my job. I was a software engineer, um, computer com computer consultant, software engineer, slash software engineer. I got laid off. And two days later, my ex-wife filed for divorce. And a friend of mine um, who's a mentor and a very good friend, like my big sister, her name is Robbie Reed. Robbie Reed is the head of BT Casting right now. Robbie invited me to LA. I flew out to L.A. She said, come out, clear your head. You know, you got a lot going on. And I met Robbie through writing. I started by writing. Someone sent one of my scripts to her and she's like, you're talented. So I was going to meet her at this event. And when I was walking through the door, um, the director of whatever they were doing was walking out and she looked at me and she's like, are you the guest actor? I said, no, ma'am, I'm here to see a friend. She said, are you sure? I'm like positive. Never acted before in my life. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, the guest actor never showed up. 
And Robbie comes up to me and Tasha Smith was there and they was like, um, I think they want you to stand in for the guest actor. It was this thing they were doing called Hip Hop to Hollywood that never made it to the air. And I ended up having to improv the scene from Jerry Maguire with like these hip hop artists who were trying to go into acting. And once I did that, you know, Robbie looked at me and was like, yo, you you might want to be in front of the camera instead of behind the camera. <laughs> I flew home. I went to court, signed my divorce papers. I was walking out the courtroom. I got a phone call and I booked my very first TV show speaking role in a TV show called The Game. Wow. And the rest is history. I, I had the bug and I haven't stopped since. I've been pushing and I've been working and I've been trying to find my own path. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you uh, so you, you landed the role on the game. Uh, talk to me about that, you know, that experience and what that was like. It was amazing. I had no idea. You know, um, God has a sense of humor. Uh, it's almost like he showed me the end at the beginning. Yeah. Because if I would have known I was going to go through everything I had to go through to get to this situation where I am now speaking to you, I would have stayed in that computer, um, computer in that <laughs> cubicle working on computers. I knew I had no idea it was going to be this hard. Yeah. Um, so it was amazing. You know, I had my own trailer. Um, I was a guest star of speaking role. I became SAG eligible with my I didn't even audition for the part. You know, Robbie put me up for the part. They gave me the part. And now I'm on set with um, Salima Kill and Mara Kill working on a game. And I was like, this is what it's like. Right. That's in my head. I'm like, oh, this is about to be easy. This is cake. Had no idea that that was going to be the last time that I would have my own trailer. Because the next time I would be on a movie set, I would be an extra. But I did it because I've never been on a movie set. Yeah. And me being an extra changed the trajectory of my acting career. Really? And how did that really impact your career? Yeah. Well, first, people... Thought I was weird by because I just got done doing a speaking role. So they was like, why are you going back to being an extra? You're here. You're supposed to keep going. But like I said, I've never been on a set where um, I was never on a movie set. I was on a t television set before. Right. I was never I've never done a movie. And the movie was called Oz the Great and Powerful. And we worked on that movie. I worked on that movie for as an extra for three months making like a hundred. I've spent more money to be in the film than I was making. Right. And 